It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, and online at fanstreamsports.com and the Fanstream Sports app. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. Kind of weird that there's not a Rays game. Like, we had gone for so long without any baseball, and for 10 days in a row, we had baseball, and now we have an off day and no baseball. It's just kind of kind of weird. Like, how do we do this again? How do we do a show without talking about a game? I don't know. It's um, I, now I know I'm a baseball junkie. You know, I'm like I'm I don't I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know how I don't know how yeah. I went this whole 2020 without actual baseball because like it's one day and I was like, okay, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, um, it's weird, man. Mm-hmm. I guess we got to watch some National League baseball. There are several games on tonight. We are recording Monday evening. Uh, the show will go up Tuesday morning, of course. So the Rays have played 10 games, and we figured with this off day, we would go ahead and discuss some of our main takeaways and observations uh, through the first 10 games of the season. Ulysses, I'll let you go ahead and take it away. Unfortunately, I think that this mess that the Rays are in right now is not a good homecoming for Austin Meadows Mm -hmm. because it would be optimal for the team not to be in such a bad funk when he comes back. Why? Because he'll be seen as a superhero, man. He'll be seen as as the savior uh, of the offense or lack thereof. And you know, fans, mm-hmm. media, and maybe teammates themselves will, will put pressure on Austin to, to be the guy to step up to the plate and, and do his thing. I mean, he's an all-star. He was the co-MVP yeah. last year. So... Everybody's going to be looking at him, and so no baseball player ever has succeeded when he's pressing at the plate. And if the race don't get out of this funk before he comes back, that could be very bad news because yeah. the Rays have many problems right now, but they do not need to add Meadows pressing uh, to that list. Yeah, if there's one guy I think that would be able to handle that, it is Austin Meadows. He seems like a guy that doesn't read into the social media hype and things like that. He has a pretty level head. And fortunately, I mean, it seems like most of the guys on the roster aren't hitting well, but at least there's a couple guys that are carrying their weight. Like Brandon Lau, for example, is one. There's a couple others as well. So that certainly helps matters. Have they figured out when Meadows is going to come back? I guess just sometime this week is what they've said. So They said the, the, this week. But, yeah, I would just like, you know, a couple more guys to, to be in the okay list. If that's Cafecito, if that's Yoshi, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, Yandi, to like just – I'm not asking to obliterate the ball, not go Aaron Judge here, but yeah. something that's okay so he doesn't feel like he has to hit a bomb every time he's up there because – just to you know, play devil's advocate here, 
as soon as he started getting some all-star rumblings last year, he did kind of mm-hmm. succumb in that June, uh, and he admitted later that the media got, got to him, the whole spotlight thing. So hopefully, a couple just a couple guys are just normal 260 being rum producers, mm-hmm. you know, and so he doesn't feel like he has to be the guy. I'm going to call it out right now. First at bat, Meadows hits a home run. Or at the very <laughs> least, an extra base hit. We know how hot style. he started in 2019. I love right it. Right off the bat. I'll, I'll throw that one to you. Okay, you mentioned Jose Martinez. And here's one of my takeaways. The only position Jose Martinez should be playing is designated hitter. That's the only place I want to see him. I do not want him seeing turning an ankle, trying to get a bunt, or or trying to jab at a little bit of an off throw from Mike Brousseau. And the fact of the matter is, like, the infielders aren't really doing Cafecito a lot of favors by um, throwing balls uh, towards his shoelaces. I mean, if you're going to throw it to Martinez, it better be at the <laughs> belt or to the neck. That's it. And I don't, I don't know if the Rays infielders can do that right now. So, quite frankly, I don't want to see Martinez anywhere near first base. I want to see you at DH, buddy. You usually want to miss low, you know, so you, you can pick it up. But with a guy that's like, what, six seven? I don't know yeah. how, how tall Macafecito is, but if, miss up, man. Brousseau, Wendell, Adamas, miss up. Yeah. He'll probably get that better than, than, than the throw down low. But, yeah, I, I have to agree. He does not look like a first baseman. And and Gmon has three errors, so it's right. not like Gmon's killing it over there. Nobody's really killing it right now, but... Cafecito does look awkward at yeah. times. Well, I don't know if you remember. I think it was – it might have been Sunday's game against the Orioles. It was a yep. really, really slow ground ball down the first baseline. And he was like fumbling it and jumbling. I was like, oh, my God, what is going yeah. on here? Yeah. And like as a fellow tall guy myself, again, I'd rather you throw it above my head and I can mm-hmm. outstretch my arm for it uh, than try to have to go low for it. And especially a guy like Martinez, as tall and lanky – as he is and probably doesn't have the flexibility of, I mean, it's, it's got to be kind of like an optical illusion because one day you've got Mike Brousseau, who's 5'10 at first base. The <laughs> next day you've got Cavacito Martinez at 6'7 at first base, throwing defenders off a little bit. Uh, speaking of defensive mistakes, uh, and we mentioned the Rays hitting woes. Okay, Ulysses, I am convinced that Daniel Robertson has voodoo dolls of every position player on the Rays. Like, what's it got to take for me to get some game action? You know, I want Brousseau making mistakes. I want Adamas making mistakes. I want Wendell making mistakes. I want something to happen. I want outfielders to drop fly balls. Just give me a chance, coach. Put me Man. in. And I think with everything that has happened, all the, all the offensive ineptitude, defensive ineptitude, the Rays are still like, nah, D-Rob, we're still going to let you wallow <laughs> on the taxi yeah. cab or taxi squad, whatever the heck they call it. Don't, don't, doesn't that say something? I know it's 10 games, but again, it's only 10 games in a 60 game season. So one sixth of the season is gone. Having said that, there has been no shakeup. There has been no Daniel Robertson. Hey, here you go. Here's your inning. Here's your at bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but he definitely is uh, learning the New Orleans way or something because uh, everybody out there. Just the glove work is not happening. He, hey, he'll go to first. He'll yeah. take G-Mon Choice's glove. He'll take Cafecito's glove and be like, no, no, no. I got this. Put me on first. If, if Mike uh, Brousseau can do it, I can do it. I can do it too. Yeah. Uh, what else is on your list? Well, this is the one I would like to finish on on my side because okay. it's one of 
the biggest stories that has been happening in baseball this weekend. Mm-hmm. People like being first rather than being right. A couple of baseball stories. Uh, the first one from Bob Nightingale. He reported first on the Marling situation about the partying and the bar scene and all that that went down with them in Atlanta. Your boy, past a diving jeter, uh, went on record today saying the following quote. Our guys were not running around town after our game in Atlanta. We had a couple individuals leave the hotel to get coffee, clothes, no salacious activity, mm. no hanging out at bars, no clubs. Nightingale, of course, did not use this full quote in his article and uh, just used a, a truncated version of it. So the Mets also did a similar thing. Yes, uh, on Sunday they put out a statement saying, we don't know where Yoannis is. And now today, Monday evening, Brandon Nimmo said him and his teammates heard that Yoannis' agents actually informed the Mets prior to Sunday's game that he had opted out. So what is happening in these two stories? Is it just bad reporting? Is it is COVID to blame for the truth being absent? What's happening here? Yeah, I think there's some of that of rushing to be first. And of course, with the media nowadays, it's all about any type of salacious detail that you can put out there to make your story a little bit more interesting and readable. Uh, people, unfortunately, nowadays do it. Also, you have to wonder, is Derek Jeter and Marlins management lying or telling kind of a, a white lie or a fib that maybe they really did go out to the strip club, but he, in trying to clean it up a little bit, oh, they mm-hmm. just left the hotel bar or they, they left the hotel for a little bit to get coffee. You know, he didn't necessarily have to give every detail that so-and-so got a lap dance and then went to this place, <laughs> that place, and the other place. Like, you know, maybe they did get coffee on their way to a strip club or afterwards. I don't know. But I know right. that, yes, the, the problem in this day and age is everybody rushes to be first if you're in the media, especially on Twitter. Um, right. And, you know, oftentimes they don't make a correction. Or if they do, it's it like is. a little it's – a, it's a little like you put it at footnote. the very end of the story. It's a footnote yeah. like, oh, yeah, by the way, we, we kind of goofed up or messed up here. It is pretty crazy from that standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that, I just – I don't understand and I, I don't know if it's COVID that people just <laughs> – have forgotten how to, you know, do certain things with journalism, yeah. but it's it's not good. And the Mets, well, that's just the Mets being the Mets. And I mean, don't don't put don't don't make the 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 player look like the bad guy just because you know maybe he didn't do it. But I mean, if he did it the right way, which is telling the team first, mm-hmm. and the teammates say that that's what happened, then yeah, that's a problem. Well, and now it's a problem. Yeah, what, that's a what problem. hurts is that because yesterday. I ran with it. I, the way that Cespedes went yeah. out and left the team and, and said, I'm hanging it, it was up hilarious. this year. Yeah. yeah. And, but it, it puts him in a bad light. And that's really, mm-hmm. really unfortunate. And then that, that narrative spreads. Like Yasiel Puig, for instance. Like we keep hearing he's a bad apple clubhouse cancer. Is he really? Or does somebody mm-hmm. make just an off-the-cuff remark one time yep. and then he gets labeled that for the rest of his career? It's, it's really unfortunate from that standpoint. So are we calling Bob Nightingale out? Is this, is this the South? Oh, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Bob I'll call Nightingale. him out. There we go. I'll let you do that. He, he's not the only baseball reporter that needs to be called out, by the way. There's several Ooh, others. I cannot wait until yeah. you call somebody out. <laughs> um, I don't think anybody 
anybody that covers the Rays, I think they're all pretty good for the I most think they're part. all solid. Um, no, I think there's they're a, solid. There's a TV guy that I kind of have an issue with, but that's, that's been documented before. That's okay. Um, Baseball. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop that before we go any further on that. Uh, here, here's the last thing I have. Uh, yeah, I see you. Good thing we're not putting this on video. Um, <laughs> the Rays never cease to amaze me on finding ways to make a buck, to make an extra dollar. How come? By putting a Louisiana hot sauce banner ad (laughs) behind the rubber on the mound at the trop. Uh, Yeah. Never ceases to amaze me. I will say I'll give them credit that it is ingenious because every pitch, no matter which team, Every play, I mean, every second that the game is broadcast, pretty much, you're going to see that Louisiana hot sauce banner at. Guarantee you. Hey, you know, I want to know, I want to be a fly on that wall in that, in that conversation, that Zoom meeting, yeah. obviously, that happened between Stu and, 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 and the Louisiana hot sauce. We need to be there as, as much as possible. We paid you for the 2020 season. Now we're not going to get it. He's like, look, I'll make sure that everybody sees your logo. Well, how they're not going to show the stance Stu. So what are you going to do about it? I, um, (laughs) I got a plan. Don't you worry about that. We'll put it by the rosin bag. Yeah. I just front it everywhere. It's like (laughs) right in the center of your screen. Every game you watch here. That's the first, before you see Glassnow's cleats and Glassnow's Jersey, you see that hot sauce advertisement. So it, it's yeah, colored ahead. too. It's colored. So like y- your eyes are drawn to this yellow, red, black thing that's on the mound that you've never seen before. It's yeah. quite off-putting, but hilarious. Yeah. He, he'll if, do anything. If I had to guess, I've watched some other baseball games this year. I think they've got to be the first one that has an ad on the rubber or not on the rubber, but on the mound. Did we... Did, we didn't see anything like that in uh, Camden or in Atlanta, right? No, I, I don't think so. They were clean mounts. So yeah. here's my question. Was this a separate deal or was this part of a previous agreement where, you know, Louisiana Hot Sauce has big, big advertisement, big advertising dollars into the race. And this is one of those things. Okay, w- we'll make good to you on this deal. Or was this something like, hey, we got an idea to make some more money this year. Let's slap more ads everywhere, including the mound. Like, because if, if that's a separate deal, I, I'm no, guessing it a- had to be for, you know, at least high six figures, if not seven figures, because that I'm is go edit. It's an edit. It's okay. an edit. It's like, hey, we couldn't do it. We're sorry. Right. But because you don't do have this, you got to give me some money, though. We'll put it every yeah. pitch. We're sorry, but. Give us some extra kickback, maybe 50% of what you were going to give us. I don't know, something like that. Have you ever had a Louisiana hot sauce? I haven't. Have you? No, I have not. I'm not a big hot sauce person. What what? I, I might have to buy some Bojangles and put some hot sauce on some biscuits or something. <laughs> I think that's the... Bojangles. There's a gr- great marketing idea. Tie in those two <gasps> Bojangles companies. with Louisiana hot sauce. Boom. Made for each other. All right. I'm just like uh, George Costanza. I'm walking away from that one. There's yeah, my just, one. That's your peak. Let's yeah. go. There's my the there's my walk off. Oh, oh boy. Okay. But uh, first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh do you want to give uh a couple listeners um 
their due on what they had to say on their impressions on the Rays' first 10 games of the season. Dustin Payne at Grizz Golf says, the Rays like to make me sad and depressed. Uh, <laughs> the Sports Burst at Burst underscore Sports says, defense not very good. The big three starters getting their pitch counts too high too early. And then the obvious, too many guys not hitting. Um, yeah, I mean, quite frankly, with the the big three of Glasnow, uh, Morton, and Snell, and I mean, I'm, I can throw in, I mean, really just the starters, Yanni Trinos and Ryan Yarbrough. All things considered, I think they've done a pretty solid job. I mean, some guys better than others. Yarbrough, of course, really standing out. Glasnow, too. But, I mean, all things considered, like, I know I have been crapping on Blake Snell, but for the most part, he's he's looked solid when you consider all the circumstances that he probably wasn't, you know, uh, doing some high-intensity training in the lead-up to the season. Like, I think these guys, start three, start four, start five, will start to look better. So I, ag- I agree with that. I, I would also say that if I were to rank them, uh, it would not be as you would expect uh, before the yeah. season. I mean, Yarbrough is at the top for me, then Chirinos, <laughs> then Glass now, then, uh, you know what? I would have to flip a coin, honestly, for Snell and Morton. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we'll uh, go ahead and preview the Rays' upcoming home series versus the Boston Red Sox. But first... If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Given what's going on in the world right now, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life quite easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download the Postmates app on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. All right, Ulysses. So the Rays begin a two-game home series versus the Boston Red Sox. Yep, a two-game home series. That's what we have in this crazy, crazy sixty-game season uh, that we have. Um, I say the Rays aren't, or the the Red Sox aren't doing so hot at three and seven. But then again, the Rays are four and six right now, so they're not really <laughs> that far apart. Right. Um, so looking at the Red Sox, I mean their offense seems to be there. They rank fifth in the American League in OPS. Kevin Pillar, Xander Bogarts, Christian Vasquez, those guys are on fire. They've gotten slow starts from Devers, J.D. Martinez, and Alex Verdugo. But I think the big storyline for the Red Sox, and we called it, and I think a lot of people caught it, called it, their pitching is flat-out atrocious. Atrocious. It's unlike 
the nickname for the Red Sox starter for Tuesday's game. You know who uh, I'm talking about? The Red Sox starter for Tuesday's game is one Nate Eovaldi. That's correct. Do you know his nickname? Big Nate. <laughs> no. Evo. According to, according to um, MLB.com, his nickname is Nitro. Okay. That's interesting. That's interesting. Maybe because he does have a really good fastball, I guess. He is the one guy. He is the one guy that is actually pitching well in this Red Sox rotation and just their entire pitching staff. I was going to tell you in 11 innings, he's looked good. Only 13 hits allowed, three earned runs, a couple walks, eight strikeouts. I mean, he's looked good. Uh, But I'm not so worried about Eovaldi because the Rays have the insight on him. So uh, that that'll be nice to, to know. I would not play Jalen Beeks during this series against the Red Sox um, just because they have the book on, on, on Beeks. And I know people are like, well, he's, he's done some, change, uh, some, some changes in his, in his – not only in his <laughs> – he's done uh... – <laughs> <laughs> Amber alert for Jalen Beeks. Where are you at, buddy? There you are. Take over um, whenever you're comfortable. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> Um, I would not play Beaks during this Red Sox because obviously it, it works both ways too. You know, the Red Sox would have the book on him, even though Beaks has kind of changed um, how he pitches with the Rays, uh, mm-hmm. not only pitch pitching wise, uh, but me- mechanically too, and not only in the pitch sequencing. So it'll be interesting, but I'm I'm really not afraid of uh, Eovaldi and then Martin Perez. I mean, we can get into that later. But, yeah, the Red Sox pitching, not good. Or as you like to say, no bueno. Yeah, no bueno. And I looked at their pitching staff. It is just a bunch of no-names, just guys you had never heard of. The only reason we right. know about Ryan Weber is because he's a local product and he played for the race. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else is like, who the heck are these guys? Like, there's no yeah. – there's. let's just say there's not a lot of Jonathan Papelbons on this year's pitching no. staff for the Red Sox. I will say, though, Ulysses – I know Nate Eovaldi was really bad last year, and the Rays sort of have the book on him, but those two starts, I watched some highlights. He looked good. He was working the 97 fastball up in the zone, 90-mile-an-hour slider. Let's also remember he's got a a splitter and a cutter. He's got a curve, but like five different pitches. With the the way this Rays team has been hitting or not hitting, it it could mean trouble um, a little bit. I think the big thing is just get to that bullpen. I mean, if you can get to that bullpen, I think that would really help you. Um, but it, it I mean, does. He's not pitched more than six innings. So hopefully they can knock him out in five or four. Yeah. And then you can get into that bullpen early. But again, he's a righty. You're not going to see the the righties this time around. You're going to see a lot of lefties. Mm-hmm. The race of a bunch of lefties uh, that they can throw out there. So it should be a good matchup for them. They got Eovaldi. I I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and be positive on this one, okay. and that the Rays are going to really, you know, stop the bleeding here at the Trop and against Eovaldi. Question: Does uh, Kiermaier ground out the second in one of his at bats on Tuesday night? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. I agree. I, I will <laughs> say yes. He is pulling the ball towards the second baseman, but he's gotten a little bit more lift on some of those and has been able to drive them into the outfield. For base hits if he does that yes. i've got no problem with it whatsoever yes to that but also 
I have no problem with the guy being clutch. It oh, would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice if he were a little bit a more productive. But mm-hmm. when you when you are a clutch guy and you get those hits, there has to be some recognition by the fan base that you're clutch. And KK last year was very clutch. This year has mm-hmm. been as well. I I think you know the Rays have like a mental performance coach and everything. He should yeah. just. This needs to be the message to KK. Every time you're at bat, it is ninth inning, tie ball game. <laughs> yeah. You're the go-ahead run. It's right. all on you, buddy. Like, try to make him rethink and rework whatever's in his head. Like, even change the scoreboard if you have to to make it seem like it's a clutch situation. <laughs> I'm all for. I'm all for huge changes to to. Make KK think it's a clutch situation because, yes, it does seem like that is the only time he's really stepped up this year. Me too, but could we edit that message to him But to, to add at the end, but don't go for the home run. Don't yeah. go for the home run. Mm-hmm. Just just keep that swing compact. I yes. mean, it's not every day you, you're going to get a, a three-run home run in the playoffs. You know, Sometimes it's nice to just get a single. All right? right. It's nice. I guarantee, uh, too, when he does hit his first home run, he has not hit one yet, I don't believe. I don't he has think. not. Um, it will be a bad flip. It, it's, you're going to make it. You're, you're going to think that he, he breaks Bond's home run record or something like that. Like that is, that is, what, that is the sense you'll get when Kevin Kiermaier hits his first home run this year. I'm, I'm really feeling it, I think. Oh, he's going to go bad flip city. You know that. Yeah. Before we finish... The episode. I'd like to say two things. Number one, Dr. Matthew James Gray. Uh, he said on Twitter, <laughs> I specifically jumped on the podcast first thing this morning just to hear Ulysses rage. Yes, I know that's Hercules, not Ulysses, mm-hmm. but I'm working with what I got here. <laughs> so there we go for the tweet. I think a lot of people I've gotten a couple comments. Um, they uh, they felt the rage and and yes. good because it was uh, it was needed to to vent out. And number two, let's say happy birthday to our buddy Matt Joyce. It's his birthday. Uh, Big three today. six. Yeah, that crazy? for him with the Marlins. What's going on? Yes. I think he got called up too from. He their, was testing uh, today. Yeah, I think yeah. he was in the testing site today. I mean, we could use a. Uh, platoon guy right about now uh, right about now bopper yeah that would be nice um let me let me say this too real quickly um the reason we're harping on how bad the red sox are pitching wise they are dead last at major league baseball and team era five seven nine second worst in major league baseball and whip one six five in dead last in batting average against at 272 Moreover, Let's, get some, runs. Let's yeah. get some runs. Here's the time to do it. Moreover, Eduardo Rodriguez is shut down for 2020. A guy that mm-hmm. threw over 200 innings last season. Um, they got no pitching. They got no pitching. And the pitching that they have is not producing right now. They're even worse than the worst facet of the Rays right now. Who is the worst facet of the Rays right now? What is the worst? I would is say. Is it Rowe? Richards? I I would go with not, maybe Kittredge, maybe. Okay, I could see that. Yeah, maybe Kittredge, maybe Giamatti. Yeah, Giamatti. Uh, Giamatti. On that note, okay, let's just get a W. 
Let's put it like that. Yeah. Let's just let's, get it. Come on. You. Let's Go stop. Race. Let's stop the bleeding. I don't want to see a Red Sox win in Tampa. No. Or Charlie St. Petersburg by that matter. Yeah. Should be in Tampa. Uh, yeah. Charlie Morton making his third start. Let's hope he makes some improvements from his first two. All right. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.